Hello, and welcome back to Franklin Covey's Be a Better Leader series. My name is Lena Rinne, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Professional Services and Client Facilitation at Franklin Covey. I'm also your host for this season of conversations about what you don't know when you become a leader. As leaders, we have a responsibility to create a workplace culture that creates opportunity for growth and advancement for everyone. In this episode, we'll be exploring how to co-create an inclusive culture with your team that fosters those opportunities. To do that, we've invited Daniel Martin to join us. Daniel is our Senior Solutions Architect at Franklin Covey and has been one of the key voices in designing our newest solution, Inclusive Leadership, Practical Ways to Cultivate Inclusion and Build a Better Team. And I have had such an honor to work with Daniel for many years, so it is a particular pleasure to welcome you, Daniel. Thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Lena, thank you so much. Um, I've been head down with a lot of really brilliant people for the last year, um, bringing this solution to life um, and, and really thinking critically around how we help leaders solve some of the challenges around building that inclusive culture and creating opportunity for everyone. And, and it's just really exciting to be here with you uh, to share more about that work. And it's exciting to learn from you. I had the opportunity of seeing some early versions and the thought that went into this solution is really incredible. So I'll be glad to get your perspective as will our viewers and listeners as well. So let's dive right in. So Daniel, um, our series this, uh, this season is around what you don't know when you become a leader. So let's imagine that you're a new leader with a new team. How do you identify the talent on that team and where do you even start in this realm? Yeah. Um, it's a great question, and it, it just reminds me of being a new leader at a consumer packaged goods organization 15 years ago. And, you know, it, when I was in that situation, I was a young leader. Uh, th there was that sense of imposter syndrome and associated posturing to, to seem like I was credible and I knew what I was doing. Um, and, and so the, one of the mistakes that I made and how I thought about talent on my team is I associated the people whom I connected with naturally who were easy to work with, who were closer to my age and interests. I, I looked at those people as having talent. I was more naturally curious about their capabilities and interests. Um, and, and so the mistake that I made is that I was looking for who on my team has talent instead of thinking to myself, what talent does every person on my team have? Mm -hmm. and, and so if I were to take that insight and, and share it with people who are new leaders today, um, like a lot of what we talk about at Franklin Covey, the first step is thinking differently. It's not about who has talent. It's about what talent does everybody have? And when we shift that mindset, the way we look for potential and the way we see capability in other people fundamentally changes. And there are lots of skills and practical tools that you can use to develop that awareness and make that mindset shift. But the first thing you do is examine how you think and choose to think differently. That, that is actually kind of blowing my mind in the moment because I, your point about, you know, we look for people like us and, you know, our brain, each of us, our brain works in a certain way, our talent shows up in a certain way, and it's easy to look for people who line up with us. It's easier to work with someone whose brain works in the same way. We, we stifle the results sometimes, but that's what we naturally look for. And you saying you're not who's talented, but what talent does each person bring really makes you, you know, deeper dive into this, the strengths and talents of each person are very different yeah. and each person brings value in their own way. So that, that's really something for us to um, kind of mull on. That's exciting. Yeah. So once you've got a team and let's say you say, okay, this person maybe works very different from me, differently from me, but they bring this talent. So 
how can you then create opportunities for that talent to grow or for any talent on your team to grow? Yeah. So there, there are a couple of things that you can do. I, I want to start with one that's that's similar in kind to this, to this mindset shift, because when we think about inclusive leadership at Franklin Covey, um, one of the core ideas is for leaders to pause in moments where they're moving fast and they're making assumptions and they are certain about what they're certain about and, and choosing curiosity. Right. And so when I think about what it takes for me to create opportunities for people whose talent I may not be familiar with or comfortable with or, or may have a hard time recognizing, um, it, it's important for leaders to acknowledge the way the circumstances that impact a person can shape the way they show up in the workplace. Here's what I mean by that. You know, it's when we look at talent, when we look at people, most times leaders make snap judgments about what a person is capable of based on what they see. Right? They have this level of performance or not. They have this level of engagement in the work or not. And, and based on that snap judgment of a, of a performance or engagement, we say this person has capability. This person's committed. This person's a team player. And that, and that really shapes the way we think about the opportunities that we're willing to send their way. But there's more to the story than just that snapshot of performance and engagement in the moment. There are very valid circumstances that impact the way a person performs or engages. And what we found is that when leaders are willing to be curious about the impact of circumstances, on snapshots of performance and engagement, it, it creates an awareness of what impacts people and, and what moves from there is an empathy for the situations that people find themselves in. And when leaders make that shift their experience to focus on awareness and empathy and circumstance, um, they're much more willing to create opportunity in different ways and take risks on people and lend, lend their reputation and um, leverage their network because they recognize what's getting in the way. And when I know what's getting in the way, I know what barriers to remove. Super insightful. You know, you, you've mentioned a couple of times this mindset shift, and that, that is at the core of much of what we do at Franklin Covey and the core of behavior change for many people. One thing that's coming to mind for me as you're talking is we're talking about how to do this, but maybe we could back up to the why, because I'm thinking about as a leader myself now, but particularly as a new leader, I'm supposed to get a job done. Like I just need my team to perform, right? We just have to accomplish what we need to accomplish. And development of the team and opportunities for growth, I know those are important perhaps, but I'm just trying to get the job done and I need the team to perform. And so why, why should we be encouraging and why as a new leader should I say, this is worth carving out some of my precious time and mind share towards this? What, what's the outcome that I should be looking for here? Yeah. This is, you, you bring up a really interesting point and a big part of the case that we make for inclusive leadership, um, because you're right, it, it feels almost like an insurmountable task, especially for a new leader, right? If I'm a new leader, I've got a long list of things that I'm now responsible for that I, I've probably never done. And that's work responsibilities and that's culture development and that's developing people and talent. And so it can feel like an insurmountable task to get the work done and also create opportunity and recognize talent and cultivate an inclusive culture. Uh, one of the things that, that we focused on in, in the development of this course is recognizing uh, two big things. First, there is a significant association with, between how included a person feels in their workplace experience and their, their 
willingness to stay in a role and the amount of their discretionary effort they, they give, right? So that difference between buying hands and earning hearts and minds, right? Inclusion is a big piece of that. Um, and inclusion is also a big part of collaboration and innovation. I need to feel safe and included to share my ideas and solve complex problems that help us move the business forward. So if, if we step back and think about it, inclusion is actually a significant performance accelerator. And it is extraordinarily hard and it can really feel like it's impossible. So th that, that's part of the why, right? It, it actually makes us better yeah. at everything that we do. Yes. Um, and and one, of the, one of the things that I've, I've seen a lot of organizations and a lot of teams run into that make it even harder is that we're focused on this idea in a lot of organizations uh, of, around diversity and inclusion. Yes. And because we use those two words in the same sentence so often, we, we sometimes start to forget, forget that they're actually different things with different meanings. Good point. Right. And so we go out and we focus on the one that we can do most easily, hiring diverse talent. Right? That's a stroke of the pen activity in a lot of cases. And so we do that and it feels like an accomplishment. But despite that, studies show that employees see more diversity, but they don't feel more inclusion. Hmm. And so now I've got this really diverse team as a new leader with different perspectives and different work styles and different cultural experiences. And now it's even harder for me to cultivate inclusion because there are so many more variables for me to consider. So not only is it important because it helps us deliver better results, it's important to focus on because my, my literal, literally my ability to, to lead a team that functions well and is safe for people to operate and thrive in relies on my willingness to recognize the value of inclusion and deliver, deliberately cultivate it. Yeah, I mean, what, one of the things you said made me think, you know, the purpose of leadership is not, you do have to deliver on outcomes, but the purpose of leader, leadership is to deliver those outcomes through other people, right? That's the, that's the purpose. If you're just going to be a great contributor and do great work yourself, that's not a leader, right? You have to get work done through others. And just to your point of, if I feel included, if I feel like I'm part of this, I'm going to bring my best self to work every day, my best ideas. I'm going to feel safe to share those ideas. We'll get better outcomes, period. And without that, it's almost like I'm climbing up a mountain to get those results versus creating an easy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Super insightful. So um, you, we talked about, you know, shifting a mindset and about being curious, which I really liked that frame, frame of um, how we get there. What else would you want our viewers and listeners to know about creating or co-creating um, a team that has a culture of inclusion? Yeah. The, the culture of inclusion is, is really important um, because if I'm a leader and I, and I do those first two things that you just talked about, I get curious about people and I, I'm indiscriminately curious, not just about the people who are similar to me or that it's easy to talk to, but I'm just curious about everybody. Um, and, and I really understand what, what they need, what motivates them, where they wanna be. If I do the curiosity part, and then I'm, I'm also willing to create opportunity because I understand you better and I've developed some trust um, and I've, I've understood your circumstances and, and I let you try new things, I introduce you to new people. Um, that's, that's really powerful. And that brings us to culture because none of the work that gets done, none of the opportunities that people have happen in a vacuum, right? Yeah. If, 
if I'm willing to throw you the ball um, in, in a football game and you catch it and try to run with it, but the team is dysfunctional, you're not going to make it very far down the field, even though you got the opportunity to run. So an inclusive leader has to do two, get two things right to, to shape an inclusive culture so that everything else they do continues to work sustainably. Uh, the first thing is they, they've got to get really specific about what inclusion means for their team members, and they've got to drill it down to the level of behavior. What specifically do we do that results in people feeling seen, valued, and understood? Mm-hmm. And they've got to co-create that. Right? So if, if a leader, if I'm a leader and I just come up with a list and I say, hey, Lena, these are the 10 things that we're going to start doing to make you feel included. Well, well, what I missed is what actually makes you feel included. And so, so the leaders have to involve their team members in creating, the, creating those inclusive behaviors, not just for insight, but because the very act of being involved signals to that team member they have some agency and they have some influence over what happens on this team. And that's halfway to belonging. Yes, that's halfway to I feel belonging. included because you asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the other part is, doing the hard work of keeping those commitments after we make them. So we can get everybody included and we can have this robust conversation and and arrive at these very specific inclusive things that we will do. We can hold each other accountable to them. And we're subject to bias and work is busy and we're moving fast. There are gonna be times that we break those commitments. There will be times that people do or say, intentionally or not, non-inclusive things, things that offend people or leave them feeling unseen or undervalued. And once you've made the commitment in private, how do you show up in public? So leaders have to really have the courage to respond in those moments um, and signal their intent to maintain an inclusive culture and be very clear about what is and isn't acceptable behavior on the team. And that's the hard part. It's the hard part. I mean, this is the difference between even being an efficient leader and being an effective leader, right? Are we getting, are we driving the results we want? Are we driving them to get even better results in the future? And it is so easy to just get in the daily grind and the activity because there's endless amounts of it. So what, I, what I'm so grateful that you're emphasizing here is this, this does take intention. It takes time. It takes effort. And it is completely worth it, right? This is the, the outcome is better. The team is better. I'm better for it as a leader as well, which as a new leader, man, if I had known this stuff as a new leader, Daniel, <laughs> would have saved me some years of a challenge in establishing some of these patterns. So thank you. Daniel, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us. It's, it's really an honor to learn from you in this. Thanks for all the great work that you're doing and thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lena. And to our viewers and listeners, for more information on building a more inclusive team, you can download the free Inclusive Leadership Guide in the show notes or visit franklincovey.com for additional resources. Thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm.